How's it going, everyone? I want to welcome you to the first installment of the yeah, podcast. And this is presented by WMLU Farmville, 91.3 FM, the music along with University and Farmville, Virginia. And I am one of your two hosts, DJ Dill. And I'm DJ Tyler Bagby from your weekly dose of Tyler and all, but that is not what you're listening to tonight. Tonight, we are listening to the yeah, podcast. And for our first installment, we both saw a movie this previous weekend that we both really liked. And Tyler, what was that movie? That movie was Joker. And what did you like about Joker? Uh, so what I like about it, I thought it was uh, shot very well. I thought that the soundtrack was really nice. Great acting performances by Joaquin Phoenix, Robert De Niro, just to name a couple of people. Uh, yeah, Todd Phillips directed it, and he did a great job with it. Yeah, the first thing that stood out to me about this movie after I saw it the first time was, as you mentioned, the soundtrack or the score, whatever you want to call it. It was done masterfully. Uh, the music and original score was done by Hildur Goriator. I know I pronounced that wrong. Uh, she's a German uh, composer, but she did a marvelous job with this. She's had previous works like working with Chernobyl, among other stuff. And then they had some really great song selections, such as Rock and Roll and my favorite being Smile. But um, another thing I really liked, as Tyler mentioned, was Joaquin Phoenix's performance. And honestly, this may be my favorite Joker performance I've ever seen on screen so far. Heath Ledger did a great job in The Dark Knight. Uh, I wasn't a big fan of Jared Leto's, but of the three most recent, Joaquin Phoenix is the best by far. I totally agree. I totally agree. Exactly. And I thought Robert Nero was good. I wouldn't say he was great, but I know you're not alone in thinking he was great. But my only real problem with the movie was the underusage of Zazie Beetz, who plays his, uh, I I guess his neighbor for a lack of words. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, the the uh, woman who lives down the uh, and down the hall down the hall from him. Yeah, yeah. That he sees in the elevator. Gotcha. Yeah, I don't really remember her name. I don't either. Was it ever clearly? It was clearly said, uh, but I can't remember. Sophie, Sophie. That's yeah, that's her name. Right, Sophie. Sophie, Sophie Derman. But um, yeah, I really enjoyed the movie as a whole, and she gave a good performance. I just thought the script writing was a little lackluster and her side but it kind of fit in the overall story plot without giving away too much spoilers or too much details about the movie as a whole yeah but uh what were some other stuff you liked about joker um so just how kind of you see the the entire movie is from arthur's perspective yeah and when i say arthur i mean arthur fleck is the name of the main character in this film which of course you know this this isn't really a spoiler but arthur fleck is the joker i mean anyone who knows any joker mythology or lore, I guess, would know that. Yeah. Anyways, um, so yeah, this entire movie is basically in his mind kind of thing. Kind of like with um, his, you know, the neighbor down the hall. Kind of how that was in his mind. If you know yeah, yeah, I mean. yeah. I catch your drift. I catch your drift. Um, Another thing I really liked about this movie was how if you remove Joker and change it to just some other persona he takes on and you take away Thomas Wayne and Bruce Wayne in the story, this movie still works. Like, it doesn't have to be a Batman tie-in. Like, I totally agree with you there. I was actually going to say that same thing. Like, you could replace Gotham City to be New York City. You could rename him Arthur Fleck to, like, Arthur Beck. And you can rename Thomas Wayne to some other rich guy who wants to run for mayor and Bruce Wayne to be rich guy's son. And this movie still works on every level. It's just that additional Batman lore tie-in will draw people to the theaters as we saw this movie open to an outstanding opening weekend total of around 96 million dollars which is the october box office record is it really i did not it know is that. it passed venom which had the previous record of i think 80.2 million something like that 
awesome. um, which came out last year. But yeah, Joker, um, after four days, it already goes over $100 million just domestically alone. And I think it's done like 270 something if you put in international totals too. Yeah. This is doing great so far. It has. Um, yeah, and it, another thing that I, I want to talk about with this movie is um, the fact that uh, Joker is... It's like the most serious movie, in my opinion, that uh, DC has ever, like, really done. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they've done, like, they've tried to be serious, but it, I think it was cringily done in my um, opinion because, uh, you know, with, like, Batman versus Superman or... Martha. Man of Steel. Like, they tried to be s- serious with those movies, but it just didn't work very well to me. Yeah, I, I fully agree. I was in the minority of enjoying Batman versus Superman, but I'm not going to lie and say that movie wasn't cringy. I just liked it because I got to see Batman on the screen, and I got to see him fighting Superman. It wasn't because it was a good movie. It was just a fun one to watch. Yeah. But, yeah, it's an actual, like, really just good movie. And, I mean, this, to me, is better than anything, like, the MCU has put out in terms of, like, actual good story-driven movies. I'm not talking about, you know, like you know characters like this isn't to me is not if it was like you said if this wasn't the joker character it still would be a great movie yeah i I fully agree and i think another thing to marvel about this movie is its director todd phillips if you take a look at his filmography if you look at some of the movies he's directed such as road trip old school starsky and hutch the hangover due date the hangover part two part three those are all comedies and then uh, in 2016 he did war dogs which was kind of a drama comedy ish hybrid but the joker is a full-out drama there is comedic aspects but this film is not a comedy at all no not not to the slightest um i you know i'm gonna be honest with you i did not know that uh he you know directed all of those comedies yeah he's um always been uh todd phillips that has always been a comedic director but this is not a new trend we've seen in directors because if we look at the director of The Big Short and Vice, Adam McKay, who used to be a full-out comedic director. Yeah, he's the he guy did, who directed like, a lot of yeah, the... Step Brothers, right? Uh, he did Step Brothers. He's done, a lot, he's done a lot of Will Ferrell movies. Yeah. And then he came in 2015 with The Big Short, which got rave reviews, got nominated for a few Oscars, and I think he may have even won an award for screenplay. I'm not entirely for sure. Yeah, he won Best Adapted Screenplay at the Academy Awards in 2016, and then he came out with Vice last year, and while I personally didn't think Vice was as good as The Big Short, it still showed that he can make that switch from comedy to drama and still have some bits of comedy in it, but still deliver a great film. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think an, another good e- example of this, too, is uh, Jordan Peele. Yeah, yeah. With, um, you know, Get Out and Us. And um, so, yeah. Yeah, and then you can't forget Jordan Peele's brilliant film, Keanu. Oh, yeah, Keanu. <laughs> I, that was... That when that came out in 2016, that's when I was first getting into movies. And I just love Keanu. He had like some additional helping directors credit rights, but he, he wasn't like the official director. Keanu was really funny. Yeah, I, I, really, I really enjoyed enjoy Keanu. Yeah, I did too. I mean, I really like the Key and Peele skits a lot. So I was really glad to see them both go on the big screen for a movie like that. So, so comparing Joker to other stuff you've seen this year of being 2019, where do you think that ranks in your favorite movies of the year? Um, I actually really haven't seen a ton of movies this year. There hasn't been a lot that's, you know, really stood out to me, but I'm going to go ahead and say right now that this one, and it's just beating, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood just by a little bit, but this one's probably my favorite I've seen. 
I'm right there with you, but I'm on the flip side. I have Hollywood just an edge above Joker because, as I said, I had a few small problems with Joker. Nothing yeah. groundbreaking, but to me, I had no faults of once upon a time in Hollywood. Yeah, I understand that. I mean, I, in my opinion, I thought there were a few flaws in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I thought that, uh, you know, Quentin Tarantino might not have been on his best with that movie, but... Yeah, I'm not going to disagree, but I'm yeah. not going to agree. We all have our own opinions. Yeah, 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 of course. But looking forward for movies that come out in the future, this weekend we have three new movies. Do you think you'll be seeing any of these in theaters? Uh, which three do, you, do we, we have? We had the Adams Family animated reboot, Jexy the R-rated comedy, oh, and man. the Double Will Smith Gemini Man. Oh boy, uh, I'm, I'm gonna be honest, and I, I understand that these might be decent movies, but I just, to me, I don't look forward to seeing any of these three movies. No, I fully get that. When Gemini Man was first announced, I was super excited for it because it's Ang Lee. He has a great track history of directing, and then Will Smith, who's personally one of my favorite actors of all time, but early buzz about Gemini Man is this movie is not that good, and... I'm with you. I'm not super excited to see any of these, but I know I will definitely be seeing Gemini Man the first chance I get. If we look a little bit farther in the future, a movie I am super excited to see is Jojo Rabbit, the satirical Hitler comedy. Have you heard anything about that? I have. I watched the trailer for that. It That looks really funny, and I think that'll be really good. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing it. I'm seeing it up at the Charlottesville Film, or it's the Virginia Film Festival in Charlottesville alongside of the A24 movie Waves, uh, the Adam Driver and uh, Scarlett Johansson marriage story, and Just Mercy, which stars Michael B. Jordan, Jamie Foxx, and Brie Larson having two MCU figures from the last two years. Yeah. And speaking of MCU... You touched on a little bit earlier how how Joker was not or was better than most MCU movies, but if you had to pick an MCU movie to compete with Joker in terms of like drama, which one do you go with? Oh man, uh, that's that's really difficult, and I don't want to say like whole movies because to me there's not a like a movie that has the same tone. Yeah, of that movie, it's just there is no R-rated. Uh, MCU movies. Yeah, and I mean, like, I was gonna say something like Civil War, or you know, like one of the two, like Infinity War, Endgame, because they get like serious and dramatic a lot in those movies, but it still has the same, you know, comic book style movie. It's just a, you know, they're generic comic book movies, which I'm not saying is a bad thing because I love the MCU movies, I really do, but I just. In terms of something different and something I really, really thought was well made is, you know, of course, Joker, which MCU to me doesn't have anything to rival that. Yeah, I, I fully agree. I don't think, I mean, it was, pro- it was a bad question by me. I said that and I immediately thought about it. I was like, wait, there's nothing really in the MCU that can compete with Joker on an artistic or a dramatic standpoint, but we have spent a good few minutes talking about movies but i know another aspect of this podcast you want to have is albums and i think the best place to start with that is what has been your favorite album of 2019 so far oh wow um i mean of course one of the biggest ones and i honestly haven't really sat down to think about my favorite albums but i'm really thinking that uh igor by tyler the creator is really really high up on the list for me and why is that why do you like Igor so much uh, i mean like 
again, I I think we talked about this on a a different show of yours. I think maybe Dill at Night, maybe Weekly Dose of Dylan. Weekly Dose of Dylan. Weekly Dose of Dylan. But yeah, um, I liked. I'm sorry, I'm talking really loud. No, you're good. You're good. I'm sorry, but um, yeah, like I started listening when I heard uh, Yonkers for the first time, and I really started listening to albums by him when uh, Cherry Bomb came out. So, like, you know, of course, I've been listening to each one that he's put out since, being, you know, Flower Boy and then Igor. And so I was like, definitely have to listen to Igor. I listened to it at midnight when it came out, all the way through about two or three times before I, you know, went to sleep. But, um, yeah, it was just, it was really good. I mean, he produced it as long with, I mean... Yeah, he produced, he wrote and arranged all the songs. I'm pretty sure that yeah. was on the, like, the cover. And it was a big thing because uh, Tyler Okoma, which is Tyler Creator's actual name, plastered on all the stuff. And I remember when the album dropped, people were like, who's Tyler Okoma? And I was like, yeah. that's Tyler, the creator. Yeah, and like he, it's one of these albums, too, where it has the unnamed features, which to me, I really like that. I like it to an extent. I like it a lot because like when you first go into an album, you always look hey who's featured on this yeah exactly kanye's featured on track what a track is puppet like nine something like that eight yeah it's pretty i would go listen to track nine or eight first probably to hear that kanye feature with there not being a feature you're listening to the album and you're hearing these additional voices come in like on uh uh, igor's theme the first song there's no listed feature but it's little it's actually little uzi vert yeah hook on that song and you never would have guessed that unless it was told to you but the other times when I don't like when features are listed, it's like if it's an unknown person, you're like, who is this singing? I really want to know who this is. I like who this is. And then you're not able to find that out until after some extra internet digging. Yeah, which, which you know, I I agree with you there. Um, but I also do like how it was kind of like, you know, we didn't know who the features were right off. We were able to just kind of listen to and guess. Yeah. But um, an album I like because... Igor is also my favorite of the year so far, but another one I really liked is When We All Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go by Billie Eilish. It's just one of those albums I think has a great combination of genres. Igor does as well, but When We All Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go is a combo of pop, uh, electronic. I think it has hints of R&B and even hints of rock throughout the album. Everyone knows the popular song, Bad Guy. Now, when the album first dropped, that was my favorite song off of it, but I've learned to love songs such as I Love You, uh, such as Listen Before I Go, My Strange Addiction, and Wish You Were Gay. And Tyler, have you ever listened to Billie Eilish? Yeah, I have, and we've, we've talked about it before. And I think that she is a brilliant singer. She has a great voice, and I think she's a, a you know, she could be a very good songwriter. I am not a fan of her music. I, I'm just going to come straight out and say it. I have never really enjoyed anything that she's put out. It's just never been for me. So, yeah. No, I fully get that. Um... If you had to pick a favorite song by her, what one would you pick, though? Um, I guess, and, I mean, just because I've heard it in memes a lot, and, you know, it's I've seen it everywhere and heard it everywhere. Bad guy, I mean, you know. And if you had to pick a favorite song off of Igor, which one would you pick? Uh, Gone Gone, Thank You. Yeah, that's that was one of my favorites when I first heard the album. And with Igor, it's always different. Every time I listen to it, I have a new favorite because I had a span when Gone Gone was my favorite. I had a span where Are We Still Friends was. I had a span where I think Earthquake, Igor's theme, uh, Puppet. It changes almost every time I listen to the album. Yeah. And if you had to pick an album or a song this year that just caught your eye, 
that you weren't expecting to catch your eye because like I know you like Tyler so you're anticipating Tyler's album but was there either a track or a song that has come out this year that you didn't you like weren't expecting to like it as much as you did yeah and this one is just one of those is it's a song I like for uh different reasons I mean it's different than what I typically would listen to if I were listening to hip-hop but uh Lil Uzi, Uzi Vert put out a track and around it was around April uh Sanguine Paradise I really enjoyed actually as and a single so what do you like about it I don't know I just I really like his flow and the you know just the melody of the song and I think that it's good I mean he freestyles the entire thing and I think it's really enjoyable to listen to it gets me kind of hyped up yeah I'm on the complete opposite spectrum issue is I had an album that I was not expecting to like as much as I did and it's from Taylor Swift which is an artist I've had like a shaky history with because I really like some of her stuff but I really don't like other stuff she's put out Uh but her new album Lover it is longer it's like 18 tracks long and it's a good hour long which there's a few tracks you could shave off to make this thing a lot better but it still has its great iconic tracks this album starts off strong the first five songs are really good track six hits which that could be one i would cut out but then track seven uh it's called miss americano and the heartbreak prince that's one of the best songs i've heard all year long have you had a chance to listen to taylor's album i have not i don't really usually go out and listen to Taylor Swift's albums just because I, you know, liked some of her songs when I was growing up, and that was pretty much it. I, as I grew older, I just started not to like it as much. So yeah. And if you had to pick a Taylor Swift song or album that you do like, which one would you pick? Um, I'm gonna have to pick song because I've never actually really listened to a lot of her albums all the way through. Um. Oh man, I'm sorry. Oh, uh, no, you're good. You're good. I did put you on the spot. What? I mean, I'm trying to think of the name of this song. I think it's like, is it 15? Is that? Is uh, that there's 22. It's not 22 though. It's like older than that. Like, can you? Do you have the melody or anything with you uh, that you can think of? Is it there is a track called 15 I by think- Taylor Swift. So is that it? It looks like it's from her country days in 2008 on her album Fearless. I think that's right, yeah, because I, I liked her in her country days, if I'm going to be completely honest with I you. liked Country Taylor Swift as well. Um, that is the track I was thinking of, by the way. Thanks. And then to transition like we did with movies, are there is there anything coming in the future that you're like excited for? Um, yeah, uh, this Friday, uh, and another record label album is coming out by 88 rising which is the all asian um asian american uh album i mean record label which they are putting out head in the clouds 2 which they put out head in the clouds 1 last summer the summer of 2018 and i'm excited to hear that this friday so yeah and what are some stuff that makes like 88 rising special to you uh to me, I had been listening to their artists like Joji and Rich Ryan a lot before they were even signed. I just thought they were like really good, like um, with Joji being a YouTube personality before, and Rich Ryan also be ki- being kind of a meme person beforehand as well. So just hearing them make that full transition into music, I really enjoyed them, and I was like, hmm, I really love their music too, and I started seeing a lot of their stuff was you know 
posted by like 88 rising and i was like you know i'm gonna um i'm gonna you know start listening to some of this stuff and that's what i did uh and i really enjoy other artists that they have uh like higher brothers and nikki i think those are two other artists that i enjoy and yeah an album i'm looking forward to coming out and i don't really even know when it's coming out it was supposed to come out a few weeks ago but it never came out and that's kanye west jesus is king it's supposed to be gospel kanye but gospel kanye is with a big asterisk because it's probably not gonna be traditional gospel music but it's probably gonna have some gospel influence still in the kanye west style yeah actually i knew you were gonna say that uh from the moment you started you know saying that sentence i knew that was coming dude yeah i mean i have a hunch it's gonna come out around the 27th when his movie is hitting imax uh in the past i probably would have said that movie isn't coming out because the yeezus film never came out among others that he is teased but uh amc and fandango have posted on their website posters for the film but no tickets for sale yet so at least we know the movie is coming to these theaters because they're putting marketing material out there they just don't have a day for tickets yet so it's gonna come it's just when is it gonna come yeah i mean i think that uh like you said kanye west is famous for kind of doing that thing he's a perfectionist he wants to make these albums perfect but a bad thing about perfectionist is he'll keep delaying it until he thinks it's perfect but the good thing is when it comes out it's usually pretty good yeah and um i've just kind of going off of Kanye West, I've, you know, never been a heavy listener of Kanye West. I've, you know, only listened to a select few albums and songs and stuff like that. But uh, my favorite album by uh, Kanye West is uh, 808s and Heartbreaks. Uh, what about you? 808s is probably my second favorite, but a lot of people I know have 808s either at the top or the bottom. It's either one of their favorites or one of their least favorites because it's the most different Kanye's ever been in one of his albums. Mm-hmm. But my favorite is probably the common pick. It's My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. It's the album I think is the best album of all time. I did a whole podcast about it uh, for my show Delight Night, but I did it about a year ago, and I probably will redo it soon because it's not my best work. But uh, it's just an album that's masterfully done. Like I said, Kanye is a perfectionist. He took his time with this album, and I think it's a near-perfect album. There's one thing I would tweak about the album, but that's just a personal preference. The Chris Rock skit on Blaine Gang goes on for a little bit too long, but at first, it was really funny. But when you're listening to this album for like the 10th, 15th, 20th time, it kind of loses its comedic appeal. Yeah, I understand. Um, I don't think I've actually ever listened to the album as a whole. It's, it, it's an experience. It's an hour 20, 13 tracks long. They all just hit you hard. It's an album about... Uh, disappointment, depression, power, mental state, and love because it's an album. It's his follow-up to the Taylor Swift incident, basically. So it's his unofficial apology letter, in a sense. I've seen it described as that way, but I don't really want to give too much insight to what the album's about because I would love for you just to experience it firsthand. Yeah, um, so if you had to pick a favorite song from the album. That's hard. Like I said about Igor, every time I listen to Twisted Fantasy, I have a new favorite the common pick from this album is Runaway. I really like Runaway, but I, I don't love it as much as a lot of people do. I really love Power as a track, but in the sense of an, in this album, it's not as important as some other tracks. Like if I'm going just solely on this album, like if I'm listening to front to back, I have to pick this song was my favorite in the listening span of this hour. I would probably pick Gorgeous, which is featuring Kid Cudi and 
Raekwon. It's probably Kanye's most lyrical verse of all time. But if I just had to pick my favorite song that's featured on this album, it's probably All the Lights. It's a common pick, but no matter what mood I'm in, I can put on All the Lights and I'm feeling instantly better. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely going to have to give it a listen because uh, I've actually been taking a lot of recommendations from you lately. From me? Yeah, uh, with especially with a uh, different artist, uh, The Weeknd, and his uh, song, I mean, his album, Kissland. Kissland is... For people listening out there, it's either an album you're going to love or you're going to hate it. It's not for everyone. It's slower. It's not as energetic and as upbeat as some of his more popular stuff is, and it's not as connectable as his trilogy mixtapes are but i personally just really love kissland yeah i mean i just listened to it for the first time the other day and i've been listening to it you know more than that um i like it a lot uh you you told me this uh you said it was recorded in japan i'm pretty sure it was recorded in japan i know he went to japan while uh-huh. before making the album i'm not for sure if it's all mixed and produced in japan but i know he did at least some sort yeah. of yeah he did a spiritual journey to Japan after he uh, got big because this Kissland's his first like official album and it's his response to becoming a star in a sense for that word and this is his first experience at fame and he goes into detail about his feelings about that topic on the album yeah so when you told me that I was thinking wow I can definitely like hear that and you can definitely see that too especially with the vinyl artwork with the kanji written all over the album and stuff and kind of the aesthetics it has and um like you can definitely hear the city pop influence uh in it too with a lot of the tracks on that album which I think is really interesting yeah definitely but uh for going forward for this show where can people find us every week uh, you're going to find us, uh, especially on Anchor, but you're also going to find us on Spotify and maybe even Apple Podcasts. For DJ Dill and Tyler Bagby, we want to thank you for listening to the yeah, I... podcast. Until next week, we're signing off.